Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, physical fitness is something that every person, regardless of age, needs to keep up on. I mean, when we think of physical fitness, a lot of the time we think of, you know, dirty gyms, nasty locker rooms, you know, big hunks that smell and look down on anyone that's not like them. Hey, Amen. But that's not all there is to it. When I was growing up in high school, <laughs> I was anything but fit. I mean, I played sports, but I wasn't considered an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. Once I joined the military, they kind of uh, have a way of getting you into shape kind of right away. And I was impressed with that. And I became and decided to continue down the road of physical fitness. And that lasted through my time in the military. Then as a police officer, my main outlet was running. I loved to run. I was putting in anywhere between 12 and 15 miles running on an easy day, plus time in the weight room and all that. That discipline was a daily routine in my life. But as a police officer, once I was injured, I have to admit, I let things slip. Hey, man, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good now. I know somebody resonated with that. Our guest today is Derek Johnson, also an Army veteran, a life coach, a trainer, someone who shares his mission of helping others tap into their true potential. Derek came also from a childhood of being bullied and as a shy child as well, and physical fitness became his outlet. Now he helps folks just like you to gain the confidence and physical prowess that comes from becoming physically fit. Amen. Derek, Derek specializes in helping you to turn just about any pain in your life into fuel to help your faith be a guide through life. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Derek Johnson. Derek, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the program today and share with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here, Reverend Robert. Amen. Now, just to get this question out of the way, you are not the Derek Johnson pro football player, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. If, but, if but, you Google but, the name, he, he will pop up. There's also an Olympic <laughs> lifter, ironically. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah when I see Derek Johnson want an interview, I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, the, I don't know this guy. <laughs> We're going to have to reschedule. <laughs> hey, well, tell us about growing up. And, and I, I, when I was doing the research, I found out that your sister actually was the one who challenged you to get physically fit. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. So growing up, my father was U.S. Army. He was 25 plus years. And my father's from Starkville, Mississippi. So he was a farm boy. My mother, she's German and she's from the city. So she was from Nuremberg. Americans would say Nuremberg. And uh -huh. she was from Germany. So they actually met in Germany while my dad was stationed there. And so Amen. I lived in Germany until about second grade. And then we moved to the States. We actually moved to Pensacola, Florida and the Panhandle. If people are familiar with the Blue Angel Air Show, that's my home state and excuse me, home city. But growing up there, 
we had a beautiful home in Pensacola. Everything was nice, loving family and all that. But I did notice that in their past, they went through a lot of personal traumatic things with their family. So alcoholism ran on both sides of the family. Drugs ran on both sides of the family. So when I turned around 11, that is when things shifted, where I realized that they were releasing past traumas in regards to whatever happens. And that stemmed from the alcohol consumption. And it only happened at night. But that was the gateway of me really getting into fitness because I was that skinny kid. I had a really bad stuttering problem. I was very timid. I was scared. And so I wanted to make sure that I stood up for myself at home and also at school. So being bullied at home, being bullied in school, fitness became my outlet. And it was first to build the body because I, I got tired of just being that shy, scared child. And then from there, I really fell in love with the mental calmness after an excruciating workout. And that's where I would work on my faith. So it started with just fitness for the physical. And I really fell in love with the mental calmness and confidence afterwards. And then I would dive deep into my faith because I was just open-minded. As in, I wasn't overthinking. I wasn't questioning things. I was just open to the spirit. And it was interesting what would happen. So the older I got, I realized that I was able to thrive in stressful, emotional situations where I would just be calm. And I would bring that version of myself to my teammates, my classmates in school, and I would just help empower other people. So I really feel that people that have had trauma in their childhood, they give what they did not receive. So I really didn't get, get the support or the love and affection and all that. So I always gave that to others. I always wanted to build people up because with family, I was always, always getting broken down. I was taught the discipline, the work ethic and all that. That was great. But on the, on the flip side, it wasn't like we didn't do a group hug. We didn't do the family hug, anything <laughs> like that. It didn't exist. It was all drill sergeant knife hand at home and the crazy German mother. But they paved the way <laughs> in regards to my career and more importantly, to making an impact with people. But it all started at home. So fitness became my outlet because I didn't want to continue any of the addictions that run in my family. So I chose the positive outlet along with faith and then was able to help others do the same. Yeah, amen, amen. I was laughing because uh, my mother's maiden name was Broham. My grandmother's okay. <laughs> maiden name was Volstead. So Volstead. I had that German blood as well, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just have that natural fire. And <laughs> there, yeah, there was no talking back to mom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, and yeah, I had to laugh about the drill sergeant part because I was a drill sergeant, and uh, that's what my kids say. You know, my dad used to make us stand in the corner, and then he'd turn on cartoons behind us and sit there and laugh at the cartoons, and we couldn't even watch it. You know? <laughs> so, like, oh yeah. <laughs> mind games, mind over matter. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. Now you advocate though that that nobody should allow our past to dictate for our future. And I agree. I mean, no matter what our past may be all about, explain how you share that with your clients. Great question. So what we first do is we create an eliminate sheet. And what I mean by that, we grab pen and paper. We're old school about it. Some people, they take notes on their phone or devices, but I always recommend pen to paper just has more power to it. But we first start with what are some things that he or she is doing right now that is keeping them from making the progress that they would like personally, in their career, emotionally, physically, in every area. And so we take our time with that. So some basic common examples are what does he or she eat or drink in the morning? 
Are they choosing the spring water over the sweet tea? Are they choosing this over that? So making sure that they're consuming the right things. And then from there, most important is what are they doing on their phone? So many of us, actually all of us, we're addicted to our phone to an extent, whether it's for career related, whether it's personal, but everyone has a loop. And what I mean by loop is when we're stressed, when we feel awkward, when we're just bored, we all do a loop. We grab our phone and we do a process of email, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon carts. Like everybody has their own little loop that they do. But basically we write out the eliminate sheet to see what we can start with. So before I make a suggestion to add to his or her routine or to their schedule, we first see what are some things that we could take away or simply replace with something that's better. So that way that they feel that they have more control. So once we do that, then we start to peel back the layers and say, okay, now I know a little bit more about him or her. And then we start to dive deep into, hey, what exactly started the pain? But once they've already written out an eliminate sheet, they feel their power rather than just diving into it and saying, all right, tell me about your past. So first getting to know them on a deeper level, and it usually stems from the small things, but the common pattern is if they don't necessarily control the small things or small things control them, it plays into something bigger. And then you start to track their patterns, which came from childhood, teenage years, or other times in their life. But it's very interesting to see the clarity in their eyes. My favorite thing about what I do is seeing the light bulbs go off, but they're like, that is why I do this. That's why I respond this way. That's where it started. Anytime that happens, I'm like, yep, we got it. We're making some making some traction. So yes, Amen. being able to first identify what can they eliminate or replace with something that's better. And then identifying where did that pain stem from? Was it personal? Was it their pain? Was it placed onto them from family members? Whatever the case may be. And then we build some programming around that. But definitely step one is eliminate first before we add a routine, before we make any suggestions, because not everyone can just jump right in or go or go cold turkey on whatever yeah. they're consuming, whatever that specifically is. Yeah, amen, amen. And that's, that's true because like, you get in the habit of, okay, first thing I do is check email and, okay, clearing out the junk box, get all that done. Oh, this intro looks interesting. And next thing you know, half an hour, 45 minutes gone by because you've been reading an article, click the link. Now you're reading another article and you've been sucked into the void, you know? And, yes. And, you know, you look up, oh man, I got 10 minutes to get ready for work, you know, type thing. Oh Your yeah. Your morning routine has been totally destroyed. Exactly. Whatever it might be. <clears throat> Amen. Now I know you talk about the runner's high when working out, <clears throat> things like that, and pushing your body past what it, what the body thinks. Oh, I can't do any more than this, you know. And yes, I, I love that as a drill sergeant. But <laughs> can, you, can you share <laughs> with us a little bit about that? Yes, for sure. So, in regards to some things that people may relate to, would be sports. If somebody had a particular coach when they played sports that they hated him or her for making them do suicide sprints, running to yeah. touch the line, whatever it particularly was, or if you played basketball and your coach just had you do a wall sit and you basically oh, just yeah. squat against the wall and you put your arms out, I love. They're like, hey, we're we're just gonna sit here all day. That's so whatever right. the coach did is, I love those moments because. Me and my buddies knew that we were going to win whatever the competition was because we all came from crazy families. So we're all a little bit crazy. <laughs> so we love the pain. And what I realized is that so many people that did not play sports have never actually experienced what it's like 
for them to go past their pain threshold or their physical threshold and to feel that level of confidence and surprising themselves saying, wow, I'm way stronger or tougher or whatever it is than I thought because they place themselves in a box. But that high, a lot of society is missing. And it's not, some people might think of it as, oh, well, pain, pain is bad. Not pain for injury, anything of that nature, but just right. pain to say, you know what? Let's run five more minutes. Let's do 10 more reps. Let's hold this plank for 30 more seconds until we drop. Start small and just track it. If somebody tracks the small things and say, you know what? I was able to do 10 push-ups next week, 15, and just going from there, slowly building. That's all it is, is just, I call it stacking wins. We just want to stack wins, get yourself uncomfortable. And the aftermath is going to be self-confidence, resilience, surprising yourself. And that energy is going to spill into everything else where people will start to look at that person different. Like what's, what's going on? You're carrying yourself different. Like you're, yeah. you're usually not this focused or intense. And then you just let them know. They're like, Hey, we pushed our body. We pushed our mind and surprise ourselves. So now a lot of things in life becomes easier. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, as you're talking about that, I remembered uh, as a drill sergeant, usually about week three or four, we would be going, you know, they, we'd built them up where they could run three, three and a half miles easy, you know? Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, and, in the military, it's, you know, your double time, it's a, it's a slower paced run, but you know, you're still running and we take them out and we go the normal route. So now they know, okay, we're turning into the barracks. They're going to call quick time here and, and you know, yes. we're done running and we'd run them through and it was like, we're going back out on another loop. Right. And you should have seen the people fall out. <laughs> right. And all we did was run around the block and came back, but we just, who's going to quit because they said that I can't do no, do anymore. You know, exactly. And those who went with us and stuck with us, you know, they're like inspired now, you know, like, yeah, you know, and uh, when I went to officer candidate school, they tried playing that same trick. Right. We went on a five mile run. They came back and, they, and I was like, yes, let's go. I'm ready. You know, we're ready. and people fell out. They got smoked, you know, but I was like, I know that trick. I, I, I played that trick. You like I did this me. before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey man, I love it. I love it. You know, and I loved working out when I was in the army. I mean, I'd wake up, uh, we talked before we started the recording, I wake up four, go to the unit about four 30 and, I'd put in three or four miles before PT even began. You know? oh, I just yeah. loved working out in the morning. And when did you, and when do you recommend for people to get their workouts in? Great question. I always recommend in the morning. It does depend on their work schedule. If they have kids, whatever their routine is, but I would recommend to do it within the first hour and they can choose what it is for some it's weightlifting for others. It's running. Others love yoga. Some they may, may just need to walk their dog for 20 minutes in the morning. Just do some sort of physical activity in the morning. The reason why we've all had that mental high afterwards where we just have clarity, open vision, less self-judgment, less stress, and we're just way more proactive in the morning. So I always recommend clients or just people in general train in the morning. And if it's not a full or intense workout, at least go for a walk. Go for the walk, get the body loose, get the blood flowing, and then from there, that person might be in a whole different mood within an hour and say, wow, 30 minutes ago, I didn't feel like doing anything. Didn't want to go to a meeting, go in traffic. And then 30 minutes later, they're like, today's going to be a great day. And it's just yeah. that mental switch. That switch is flipped. 
And it's amazing to see because people are way more proactive in the morning. So if said stressful thing happens in public, in their work, with their CRM system, whatever they particularly do, their response is going to be challenge accepted yeah. rather than, oh, another thing, got another case of the Mondays or whatever day it is, <laughs> instead of just stacking those negative, annoying feelings, if they work out in the morning, they're going to be way more proactive as in they'll find solutions much quicker than if they were stagnant all morning and reactive to everything. At that point, once the alarm goes off, once the emails come in, once the coworker needs them, the pets, the kids are going to be like, it's not even 7 a.m. I haven't had five minutes to myself. So that's what I aimed to help people avoid because everybody's done that before. So we could all relate where it's not even 7 a.m. And you're like, everybody needs me right now. Can I just have a moment? But if that person moved their body for a bit, 20 to 30 minutes or longer, if you had the time or made the time, then they're going to be way more open about it and just make quicker, good decisions. So I'm just all about creating a proactive morning routine so they feel empowered. They're grateful and they're just in a higher state, higher frequency, because everybody will feel that. One thing I always say to people is make sure you're positively affecting people, not negatively infecting them. Waking up, complaining, hitting snooze six times, yeah. drinking caffeine and you're still dehydrated. Next thing you know, your anxiety goes up and just we don't want to be on that slippery slope. Yeah, amen, amen. And also, you know, by getting your workout in in the morning, things tend to pile up in the afternoon. You might think, okay, I'm going to go running at four o'clock. And at three 30, there's this last minute meeting that's been called. And now oh, it's yeah. five o'clock. We get out of there. Well, I got to get dinner ready. And, uh, and the workout goes by the wayside. If it's the first thing you knock out in the morning, which means if you got to leave for work at six 30, get up at five, get it in, get a shower. Now leave at six 30, you know, and, and it's done. Exactly. It's done. And you're, awake as you said energized i remember when i got promoted to e5 very first day my first sergeant pulled me inside and he told me okay now that you're an nco you need to start acting like an nco you need to be up at least one hour before your soldiers are and so so if they're gonna if their wake up calls at 5 30 you need to be up at 4 30 get dressed have some coffee be completely ready for the day because when you go in and wake them up the first thing they're going to try and start figuring out is how am I going to get out of work today? You know? Yes. So you've already, okay, we need to accomplish this, this, and this, and I'm going to put this guy on this one. This You've already got the day planned out. So when they come up and say, Hey Sarge, you know, uh, no, we're going to go over and do this. I'll go to personnel and take care of that for you. <laughs> type thing, yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. Because they're, they're an hour behind you on their planning. You've already got the day planned out and how it's going to work, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, and it just uh, feels great to be in control of things. Life still happens, but yeah. being able to make quick decisions is the best because we've yeah. all hit snooze too many times yeah. and we're stressed or somebody wakes up. What's very common, they'll wake up and lay in bed and they'll start to scroll and 30 to 45 minutes goes about and they're like, oh, huh, huh. Yeah, gotta go to work. <laughs> Panic, <Yeah>. stress, anxiety. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so we want to avoid that. And then when they get out on the beltway, they're stuck in traffic. Now I'm late. You know, and, and exactly it could have been avoided by being a half hour more proactive. Amen. Hey, well, I enjoy working out on my own. And, you know, I, back in the day, I used to compete with myself, you know, lifting more each week, going faster each week, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on working out alone or with others? Great question. So I say that it's scenario and person dependent 
So if it is a beginner, working out with someone is very beneficial to them because they can learn, they have the camaraderie, and most people, they just need that extra push and that accountability. But if it's an individual that maybe did play sports or has gone through a lot of stressful situations in the present moment or traumatic experiences in the past, they might just like that alone time because they think of past things and it drives and pushes them because they make that inner child proud of themselves. So not everyone experienced bad or terrible things, but if somebody needs the help, definitely have the camaraderie to be able to push yourself. But if it is an individual that has experienced a lot of life, life's punched them in the face a few times. If they do train alone, I notice that that individual, male and female, they enjoy that more because they're there, lost with their thoughts, listening to the music, having a moment of faith after their run, after their lift, but it's very beneficial. So I would just look at the person to see, are they already disciplined in their daily routine? If so, they could try fitness by themselves in the beginning. If not, I would definitely find an accountability partner if they if they don't want to invest in a coach or trainer, or they can go to a group class. Some people thrive really well in the group class rather than alone or with a trainer. So I would just look at that to see what stage somebody's in, if they're a beginner, novice, or advanced, and where they're at emotionally. Like myself, I don't like training with people because people just talk too much. So I'd exactly. rather just have my headphones in because <laughs> they'll just ask me random questions. Hey, what do you think about Tom Brady and this and this? Do you think yeah. so-and-so is better? I'm like, it's 5 a.m. I'm not talking. <laughs> like, yeah, just exactly. ask me, is it my set? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, see, I prefer I alone. When I ran, I, I don't even like wearing headsets. You know, I just like being alone with my thoughts. And, yes. you know, when I was out running, you know, I said an easy run for me was, you know, like, oh, I haven't got very much time. Let me just do five miles. You know, type thing, yes. you know? Cause I could do five miles in less than an hour, like 45, 50 minutes, you know, exactly. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, thinking about what needs to be done today, how I'm going to accomplish this. I got this problem. I need how, what, what is a solution to this problem? I'm just alone with my thoughts as I'm running, you know? I tried running with the music and I was like, ah, get this out of here. You know, it was just yes. distracting. It was making the run seem longer to me, you know. Okay. So I just like being alone with with the rhythm of my steps, the rhythm of breathing, you know, and and like I said that allowed me to mentally just work through problems, you know. Oh, yeah, I could try this type thing. Exactly. Uh, that that was that was just for me. And you know, if I had to run with someone, like I say, we end up talking. You know, what do you think about this? You know, and then you're because you're talking, the rhythm of the breathing is off now. And I just did exactly. enjoy running with with other people and stuff like that. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Then you start getting caught in mouth and then you're annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't want to run with him next time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He talks too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How does our physical fitness relate to our spirituality? Great question. So I truly believe that the individual that is more personally disciplined with their fitness, they can have a stronger level of faith. The reason why they already have that discipline. So that discipline will spill over into their faith and into any deep work that they do. Not saying others can't work on their faith, but it's just easier from a consistency and discipline standpoint. So definitely having the physical fitness is going to help with the spiritual and the faith fitness as well. Amen. And you share that we should make a list of things that we do not want and then yes. you have what you call flip the pain and the fuel to move forward explain that for us yes for sure so identifying 
in a neutral standpoint, identifying where did that pain stem from? Was it the bully when you were 12 years old? Was it from your uncle who was maybe abusive? Was it from somebody at school? Wherever it initially began and started, pinpoint that because it's very common for people to, they they know deep down where it came from, but they never really think of it. We're not trying to put ourselves in a low or dark state. It's more so, it's better to face it, write it down, really think about it, and then find a solution than always pushing it off and then holding that thing inside of you. Because then it could be, you could erupt in a relationship, friendship, you can carry that into work. And it's always that other people or situations or the icing on the cake. And they just have a lot of things inside them that they haven't released. Releasing just could be having a conversation with someone, working on their faith as men. Amen. Sometimes it's good to release emotions. So if somebody needs three minutes to cry in the car, just, just release, even if they're not even sad. But first, releasing that thing on paper, release the emotions, speak to someone, pray, and then go from there. But Amen. once they release, they will look at that pain in a different light and they can actually use it as fuel as in, I'm going to make that inner child proud. I'm going to heal him or her. I'm also seeing things as a comeback story. We're all currently in a comeback story. Even if right now life is great and you're blessed, something happened in the past last year, Amen. 20 years ago, yeah. that if you look at yourself as the hero in your own movie, you are on your comeback story and somebody's guiding you, helping you along the way, especially when you're alone. So as the saying goes, sometimes you feel like you're running faster and you realize that somebody's carrying you, you're actually not running. So yeah, <laughs> and amen. usually that's God. But if people have had those experiences, then it gives them a rush. And then they can see that pain, not in a negative light. They see it as neutral and they can say, I know how to tap into that when needed because people depend on me and I need to show up a better version of myself and to make younger version proud and to realize that God has us all here for a reason to help flip our pain so we can set the example for others. So people see, wow, I didn't yeah. know Reverend went through this. I didn't know she went through that. I just thought that they were gifted or blessed. But once we peel back the layers, people see, wow, I totally relate to them. My family did this, or I, I did that as well, whatever it was. But being able to be that walking testimony to say, hey, here's the past baggage. Here's the past pain. Here I am. And here's what we can do together. But we all have a comeback story. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all at time for today's portion of this great interview with Derek Johnson. As you heard Derek share, fitness means more than just doing 100 push-ups or being able to lift 200 pounds or run a seven-minute mile. Fitness includes our mental acumen and our spiritual state as well as our fitness level. And I want to encourage you, drop down in the show notes right now. Get in touch with Derek right now while you're thinking about it. Get in touch with him. Find out how you can be a completely different person as you start the new year. Hey, man. And be sure to come back for part two and the conclusion of this great interview with Derek Johnson. Till then, this is Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.